This is an ABC podcast. This is the Conversation Hour on ABC Radio Melbourne and Victoria. Is your school struggling to keep school camps on the agenda? Whether it be not enough funding, the new time and loo model, well, that's not going to work if you don't have enough teachers in the first place. Many principals are having to go on school camp themselves and some principals are warning that they'll have to axe student camps altogether or hit parents with higher fees unless the Victorian government gives them more money. Good morning. My name's Rochelle Hunt, your co-host today, Warwick Long, joining you from ABC Shepparton, of course, host of the Country Hour. Was so many schools are contemplating having to cancel school camps at the moment because either the school or the parents can't afford it or they just can't make mm. it work. Does it matter if school camps are cancelled? At the very beginning of this, Rish, it sounds like it could be a frivolous conversation, right? Uh, school camps. It sounds like a luxury, but this is a huge part of student life. This is a huge part, in my opinion, of teaching uh, our students, uh, not only at the school, but away from home. And it's a social building exercise too. It's when you go away with your peers and you spend time with them for good or for bad, which <laughs> we might talk about today. And for me, I think the easiest example of that goes all the way back to my primary school years. And it goes back to the primary school years of a lot of country kids. And I assume the same for city kids too. That's the Canberra camp. My reason for giving that as an example is everybody votes. Everybody votes. But for some, and in fact, a lot of those who vote in our society, the only exposure they get to Parliament House, what actually happens in terms of making laws in the country, where that is done, and our nation's capital comes when you are in primary school, when you go on a Canberra camp and your local member takes you around and you get to discover a little bit about how the political system works. We don't teach a lot of that. And maybe the only time in your life that you actually go to Canberra yeah. as well. We didn't have the Canberra camp and we didn't have camps in primary school. We only had camps in high school. I personally hated them, but that was because, well, I was bullied for a year in particular. You don't want to go away on school camp when you lose all of the securities of the places you think you can hide <laughs> or, you know, the people that you can go to or the mm. teachers you can lean on at school if you're having a bit of a rough time. But that's something quite specific. Lots of kids maybe don't love camps, but it's later in life that you realise they have a role and that they're important. And even though I despised camps most of the time, I would still personally hate to see them fall off the agenda on to I, local schools. And I'm so sad that you had that experience, right, Rish, because obviously I had a I had a different one, even though I think you can look back on your junior years with a lot of rose coloured glasses sometimes, can't you? <laughs> but but the yeah, the fun like going to going to Canberra, we went to the coast, I think it might have been in in year eight or something to to Anglesey you know, for a surfing type camp, but you're getting in the outdoors and so forth. And again, you're spending time with kids that you don't spend time with socially yeah. um, in a social environment, but you're, you're still learning and you're doing things together. And I think those sort of lessons in that part of the journey of school life would be greatly re- reduced if we, we lost school camps. But the fact is 
the reason why we're talking about this is because we don't have enough teachers. Teachers previously mm. have volunteered to go onto camp. Now teachers are saying they want to be paid, and rightly so, whether it be time in lieu. But if you don't have enough teachers to back that up with time in lieu, then that's a model that's not going to work. Then some schools, it feels like at the moment, are coming up with their own solutions. So having a night being off duty when you're on school camp. Now, I don't know how you can go on a two-night camp and have one night on camp was where you're not working. I mean, what are you doing? You're still on camp. You just watch your colleagues run around like headless chooks and you sit back. I just don't see how you can be on camp but off duty. But that's what a lot of schools are offering at the moment. So what are you doing at your local school? Are you struggling to keep camps on the agenda? Are you finding parents can't afford it? Are more and more principals having to go on school camp? And what are your plans? What are you doing at your school? On ABC Radio, Melbourne and Victoria. This is the Conversation Hour. Michelle Hunt with you. A Melbourne Warwick Long joining you today from ABC Shepparton. Some schools are seriously considering taking mm. camps off the agenda, predominantly because they can't afford to keep them. This is due to a change in sort of how... Uh, teacher hours uh, managed, uh, a change that came through negotiations with uh, the last EBA for, for teachers, which shows that their time at school, whether it be for things like camps or even after school for things like parent-teacher interviews, now get counted as working hours and time in lieu has to be given for those extra hours that are work. So if you're counting all of that extra time, can schools afford to be sending teachers away for so many days if they've got to give them an equivalent amount of days off later. might surprise you that was not done in the past, but it certainly wasn't something that's done in the past. And because of that change, now schools are juggling whether the idea of camps is a good one. And the fact that we know cost of living is biting so many of us and there might be a nominal amount that you have to pay as a parent, as a family, in order for your child to go to school camp as well. We'd love to hear from you if you're a teacher, if you're a parent, if you're a principal, where are camps at? This text, school camps are all about outdoor education. The Canberra camp is a school trip, says Leslie. I'm not sure if there is a difference there, but it's an important school trip, no doubt was. Uh, did- yeah, that's an interesting difference as well. Coming from a regional school, I think we could camp quite easily, but you going to a, a trip to a city to the nation's capital was huge and it was treated as a camp. We called it a camp. Christopher Cotching is the principal at Chatham Primary School. Christopher, how big an issue is this for you at your school? And it's extraordinary, uh, extraordinary issue for us, uh, Warwick and Rachel. It's something that... Uh, is really at the hub of our thinking in terms of we want this experience to be available for every child as a rite of passage through year three to, to six. And uh, we've made the, the undertaking to do it, but it has proven to be extraordinarily difficult. Uh, the, the arrangements have meant that we've run a grade six camp and a grade five camp this year, but it has meant that the, both the principal and the assistant principal who of course aren't impacted by time in lieu arrangements, are on duty to go there for the entire time. And even if we do that, uh, Rachel and, and, and Warwick, we have an inordinate cost in covering the time in lieu arrangements for teachers who are going. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sort of a, a cause of enormous anguish for principals. And I know I'd be talking about all principals here. We all understand the value of the outdoor experience of the camping experience for children as they move through their levels of responsibility and independence. And so, to, to, th- to think that we can't do it is, is extraordinarily confronting. 
Christopher, take us inside then the, the I suppose, the accounting of a principal. How have the changes um, uh, changed well, how what, you can run well, a camp and what the, the decisions you are that you've got to make? Okay, well, the, the situation is that when you go on a school camp, if we take 60 children, we need six staff to go with uh, six teachers or six staff to go with those uh, those children. And for each teacher who goes, there are time in lieu arrangements for each of them. So if six teachers go for five days, there's a total there of 30 days time in lieu that a, that a principal has to find money in their school or time somehow to enable that teacher, those teachers to have that time given back to them. Now, to ameliorate that, to reduce it, if a principal and an AP go, we only have to find four uh, 24 days, for instance, rather than, say, 30 days. So it's an, it, we're doing it principally to ameliorate the, the cost and to make it actually possible. Um, there's also costs back at school because teachers have to be given non-teaching time. So there's costs here as well. It's becoming incredibly difficult and morally and ethically and uh, yeah, so and I wonder too how much of it is because thinks. we relied on teachers doing it unpaid right from the beginning. So from the very beginning, the system was slightly broken. Christopher, stay with us because James has called yes. from Elfington. Good morning, James. What did you want to say? Good morning, Rochelle. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, look, I have quite a few thoughts and opinions on this topic. I'm a fairly young teacher, fairly new to the profession, and um, I love going on school camps. I volunteered for school camps when I was a placement teacher. I loved going on camps last year in my first year, and uh, I certainly would love to keep going on school camps. I think it's um, completely fair and reasonable for you know teachers to receive time in lieu for the time that they spend away from their families, their loved ones, those who rely on them, those who they want to be with. And I think for so long, a lot of these sorts of initiatives have relied on the goodwill of yeah. teachers to sort of go ahead, go on these camps, go on these excursions or go on these you know, after school events. And finally, they're seeing some sort of recognition in the form of time in lieu for working outside of their scheduled and registered hours. James, I think, can I ask, as a teacher, yeah. what do you learn about either your skill as a teacher or about your students, is it beneficial for you? Does I mean, we talk about how school camps help build resilience in kids, right? But does it actually help you with the skill of teaching? Oh, without a doubt. You know, if for nothing else, you find out so much more about the students that you learn. And it's a, an environment outside of the classroom that, I think you can really form those bonds and those relationships with your students that really allow you to connect with them. And I think as well, school camps are often held quite early on in the year. And I think it's a great way to break down any barriers or break down any uh, any impediments towards students forming relationships with one another, You know, putting, putting them into environments where they can do activities outside of the classroom. They learn so much more about each other. They form friendships and bonds and it's incredibly beneficial. It's often the things that you remember when you're at school or the things that you look back on and you remember and you think really fondly of. James, thinking of solutions to something like this and the problem now that is being viewed upon for, for your industry, would you sacrifice some of the holidays that a school teachers get, given that there are a lot of school holidays, for if for a, as a period that you, you would have to take time in lieu to keep camps as things that you can continue to go to as a as a school employee? Yeah, look, it's a fantastic question. I think short answer to that is uh, no, because I think that we can have both without having to sacrifice one or the other. Obviously, we've just come out of school holidays, but I can tell you now that I spent a lot of those school holidays planning for the upcoming term. I spent a lot of that school holidays marking the work that I wasn't able to 
uh, during the school term because it's so busy and so hectic. And I think ultimately, if this is an experience that, um, you know, the government and relevant schools want their students to be able to have and to be able to look back upon, I think it's something that should be prioritised in terms of funding agreements and funding arrangements that school isn't just about sitting in a classroom and learning. It's about all of these other experiences as well because these time and lieu arrangements are things for like debating programs as well um, that run in schools, that run outside of school hours. All of these are really important things that we want to ensure that our students can do. But I don't think it's fair to rely on the sort of goodwill of teachers to, you know, stick around after school really late hours or to spend days away from their from their families for essentially unpaid hours. James, really good to hear from you. Thanks so much. Just finally, Christopher Cotching, principal at Chapman Primary School. Are you confident that in your period, in your time as a principal, Christopher, that camps will remain? Um, I think that every effort will be made by principals to ensure they do. Um, I, there'll be a, a change in terms of how they're staffed. I expect that there may be more parents involved uh, with school camps. So I think that will happen. But principals will fight hard and teachers will fight hard too to try and keep this happening because we all understand how beneficial it is for children. And when I, if I can just give one story, when our year sixes leave at the end of every year, every almost every student identifies the, the grade six or grade five camp as the greatest thing they did in primary school. Now, that in itself reflects just how, how the impact it has on children, but also their families in terms of what it creates. And I, I think we'll all strive hard to do it. I'm hopeful that this government in the next budget or, or, or thereafter finds the funds to make this really happen. It must happen. It must happen for so many educational, social and, and emotional reasons. Well, Christopher, thank you very much for joining us on the program today. Really important points raised. We we appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. Chatham uh, Primary School Principal Christopher Coaching speaking to you there. Would love your views on this. Are you worried about the future of a camp? Uh, should teachers be able to get their time in lieu from events like this or is it a funding issue for teachers to take time in lieu? Should the state government be fronting up more cash to primary schools to manage this change. On ABC Radio, Melbourne and Victoria. This is the Conversation Hour. Michelle Hunt and Warwick Long with you talking about school camps. Many parents, many schools are thinking that they just possibly don't have a future. They can't afford to fund them. There's simply not enough ways to be able to pay teachers, whether it be time in lieu or to be off duty. This is fascinating, Was There's a text here from Roy in Bendigo. It says, my brother is a maintenance person at a primary school. He was asked to go on school camp as a supervisor. <laughs> as they didn't have enough teachers. He did it. He really enjoyed it. He was paid and offered time in lieu for helping out. There is so much to dissect in that one small text from Roy. Bet all the students look at the maintenance supervisor differently when they get back from camp then, don't they? Absolutely. That's interesting too. And this one says, I personally hated school camps. I only went on one. I was so homesick. Everybody thought it was good for me, but it's actually left me with lifelong trauma. I've never insisted that my kids should go. It shouldn't be built up to be so important. For those who think it's important to do school holiday programs and to go under it, you know, maybe they should get involved as well. That's from Denise, who's in South Gippsland. So many texts on this was, it's actually quite impossible to keep up with them all. Uh, Daniel Watson is the Woodford Primary School principal and can join us on the program as well now. Uh, Woodford, just north of, of Warrnambool. Have I got that right there, Daniel? Yes, yeah, just on the outskirts of Warrnambool. How are you Regional, 
regional primary schools going on camp, what do these changes mean for you? Uh, well, similar to what Chris was talking about, I suppose, that um, in my school, I, we really, well, the leadership structure is me, so I don't have an assistant principal, but um, the principal in the smaller regional schools uh, is certainly probably trying to pick up the slack and, and cover the, the classes and cover the, the extra staffing requirements on the camp because, um, same as what Christopher said before, that if, if I go, because I'm exempt from time in lieu, we don't get any recognition at all, I don't have to... Uh, cover time in lieu if that makes sense so um, we're certainly doing that Um, and look for regional and it's not just for camps it's even you know state swimming championships are on today so if I send a a teacher down there I've got to drive they've got to drive three hours there and three hours back before they even start any supervision so the regional um, time in lieu is certainly going to be bigger than a a city time in lieu as well just for those types of things. And getting teachers to fill in and cover that time in lieu how difficult is that in a regional area um well teachers are shortages everywhere i think so um it's tricky um and and it's i think christopher mentioned before too just about you know teachers have their own families and their own commitments and and things like that and and probably coming out of COVID, i think everyone's maybe had a bit more of a reality check and is certainly making more time for their own lives as well so uh we can't begrudge people on that um so it is a balancing act. We certainly, you know, I've got a spreadsheet here that's broken into the four terms and try and have, I've already got term three and four events planned out so I can make sure my staff have as much notice as possible that there's time in lieu events coming up. Um, Do you need yeah. parents to be more involved here? Lots of parents have working with children's checks if they want to be involved in the school in any way or if they coach, you know, local soccer or basketball yeah, clubs or yeah. whatever it may be. Can parents play a bigger role? Oh, for sure. Um, we have parents coming over. We're going on camp uh, to Anglesey in a couple of weeks' time and we have some parents coming. Um, obviously, you want to choose parents who are going to, to handle camp. The camp's probably not for everyone. I think yes, one it of was your, my idea of hell, said it wasn't, way, but... um, wasn't good for them as a student as well, but it's the same for parents. So uh, camps are a lot of fun and, and look, schools aren't going to, to drop camps if, if they don't have to. Uh, we do a sleepover for our senior students at the beginning of the year and then our camp for the senior students at the end of the year proper as well because in an ideal world, you'd give them every opportunity because they you just learn so much about them as teachers to students, let alone the, the learning that the students get out of camps um, as well. So it, it goes both ways. It's not just for the teachers, it's for the students. But, yeah, certainly trying to get parents to come on. But then, you know, times have changed. I know in my time... In education, we have uh, less parents ever than ever before being involved because they're all, not all, but trying to get back in the workforce. So their time is, um, or their spare time isn't as available as it used to be as well. How was this change made without extra funding attached to cover things like time in lieu or to make sure you, you had classrooms that would be covered easily if you had to, to uh, give teachers more days off? Yeah, good question. That's the industrial arm, I suppose you'd say. That's worked out by people further up the food chain than the principals. Um, Is that a question principals are asking? Well, there's certainly consultation and so forth, but it, I don't know, we, we probably rang some alarm bells or hang, ran out some red flags to say, hang on, this, you know, this is what it really means in schools. So you know, there's always a difference of opinion as to the administration as to what's happening in, on the ground in the schools. Um, the you know, technically there's ways around it within the working week, the 38-hour week. 
um, to make some adjustments here and there. But, you know, you're talking around the edges. It might be an hour or half an hour here or there that you're trying to to find some time. But, you know, my camp that I'm taking staff or staff are attending in two weeks' time, I've got the spreadsheet here in front of me and it's just under 20 hours per staff member I have to find time in lieu for, whether that's to pay them out for those hours um, or whether that's to reduce their work, you know, face-to-face time, give them some time at home over the coming weeks after that. Um, And even that, you know, teachers don't want to be away from their class. So if I was to find those 20 hours for the teachers who are going on camp and bring in CRTs, if I can find CRTs, that's another problem. Um, Well, the teacher has to plan the work, get all that sorted. So they might Mm -hmm. end up doing three or four hours extra work to prepare for their 20 hours time in lieu anyway. So... um, you know, there's not an easy fix, and it, no. it's just really, really not difficult alone. in schools. Daniel, <laughs> you are not alone. We cannot keep up with the texts from all parts of Victoria where they're questioning either as a teacher, why should I have to do this? But parents that can't afford it through to so many schools that are actually now physically having to cancel them. Thanks so much for your time. Daniel, no worries. Thank see you. Ya. Daniel Watson, Woodford Primary School Principal. This text was, they've cancelled our year eight, now year nine camps at our kids' local high school. It's such an important time to be pushed out of your comfort zone, to meet new people in different situations. We are just devastated for the kids. And this text, we have just been informed that our 3-4 camp will now be scrapped. Melinda's called through. Morning. Morning. How are you going? Oh, what do you reckon? Oh, well, I'm on the school council. At, um, the lo- I'm the president at the local school. And um, when the principal put, brought it to our attention that school camps were at risk due to the time and loo factor, we were outraged because our kids have all generally have such an amazing time at school camps. It was the best time of my daughter's life. Um, so anyway, we thought we needed to do something about that. I wrote a letter to the Department of Education, um, to Natalie Hutchins, the Minister for Education, and they said, yes, they'd like to meet with us. So three of us met about a month and a half ago with um, representatives of the Department of Education about this very thing. Um, pretty much what's happened is they haven't funded, given any funding, for the schools to cater for school camps. And I think their way of managing it, reading between the lines, is they're just trying to see how the schools cope. Um, You know, robbing Peter to pay Paul and the budget and all of that jazz. But it's a tight budget anyway. Um, So So do you feel like a guinea pig, Melinda? Yeah, I do, actually. It's a really good point. And... You know, you've got principals who really do try and do all the right things and they're really good at crossing T's and dotting I's. So they certainly, you know, I mean, the first, what are their options? Their options are to cancel camps. And, yeah, look, I think if it goes on for about another year or another two years and they don't get any extra funding, I reckon you could kiss goodbye to camps. And the other thing is... I think it's lovely to have parents invited to school camps and some of them just are so excited to go on their kids' school camp. But there are some feedback from some kids that go, I don't want parents there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the last thing. We want to get away from the parents. (laughs) 
yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. And here's the other thing too, right? The parents might like it and enjoy it and think they're doing the right thing, but they're not teachers and they don't necessarily have the skill that you have. You know, everything, whether it be conflict resolution or just dealing with that many kids, you know, as my husband says when he's trying to coach the basketball team, trying to herd cats, you know, sometimes to get them to do things. And yeah. you have a little bias about your own kid. You just can't help it. Well, that's the other thing too. And you're like, Mom, don't say that. Belinda, thank you so much. Danny, well, Danny is actually on school camp at the moment and I think is about to crank up the barbecue but is listening to this conversation. How apt, Danny, that you're on school camp at the moment. Where are you? Oh, um, uh, actually, we're not far out of uh, Wedderburn. We're on principal of the P12 College. We're a place called the Granites. It's a um, national park, so we're, we're doing an adventure trial camp with our year nines. Um, slept overnight and, um, yeah, I've had a wonderful time. How much sleep did you get? Uh, if I could, it was perfect. We are sitting around the campfire. It rained at nine o'clock, so all the kids went off to their swags. Great, and we didn't, and they were they were a bit wrecked from the uh, rock climbing and the walking. So it was a perfect share of rain last night. A planned bedtime, Daddy. Are you worried that events like this might be at risk? Look, um, I think it depends on school to school a bit, and I know the funding is is causing a bit of an issue. I wasn't, um, but I'm I'm lucky. All our staff. Um, we've got quite a few disadvantaged students and, and and we value having a camp. So even through COVID, we've got every student from year three to year 12. And again, this year, we've um, we've actually uh, increased the number of camps that, that all occur. Um, and, and now and moving forward, I can't see that changing. We'll make it happen. We Just such a valuable experience for the students. Um so we're trying to work through the minefield of time in loom. So we're trying to incorporate time and, and, and every second week we uh, we finish the workday an hour early to build up a bank of time. Um, so it sort of depends on who you talk to. The union say one thing, the department say another thing. So we're, we're just trying a few things this year um, for the staff and, and they're... Um, all happy to volunteer to go on camps. It does seem like each school's coming up with their own plan of attack. You got another night out on camp at the moment, Danny. Are you about to cook lunch? What are you, what are you cooking up for the oh, troops? No, it's, a, it's, it's pretty basic. We're just doing the old, old Barbie to finish finish the um, day with and then the buses will come. Ah, when that bus arrives. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah. with a golden halo around it <laughs> and all those That's tired right. kids stagger on. Yeah. Danny, thanks so much. Great to speak with you. No worries. Thank you. Currently on camp. I love that he's cooking the barbie, listening to us on school camp at the moment. But you know when you see all the kids get off the bus on school camp was and they're like dragging their bags and their legs and they are just exhausted and they sleep the best you've ever seen them sleep. You you drop the bag near somewhere near the laundry on your way through the house and then you used to close the door and pass out, did you? Like go have a big sleep? Yeah, absolutely. I remember one of my school mums going, I actually had to go in and sort of wake my son the next day to make sure he was okay. I've never seen him sleep quite so much. Bill's in Wodonga. Hi, Bill. Yeah, good morning. How are we? Well, where are you? What are Uh, you doing? uh, I actually do some bus driving 
and I love it when we have the school camps and um, when we take them to Canberra it's really good because I really get involved with the school the group that goes and with the actual tours you meant to do an embassy tour and you do the war memorial tour and all the different memorials up uh, Anzac Drive there and I never touch a PA system when I do these tours because I actually hand the cards out to the kids and I get them to do it and it includes them and it actually makes the trip a lot better. You're a brave man going on school camp as a bus driver with kids. I mean... You'd be a popular man, wouldn't you? (laughs) Everyone loves a bus driver, don't they, Bill? You actually make it for them. You've really got to encourage them. Like, we're not grumpy people down the front and I I even get them... (laughs) I even get them to clean my bus for me. Oh, the only right. thing I do, the only finger. thing I do when I'm doing it is clean the windows. I clean the windows, but they tidy it up for me the whole lot. I need to learn some tricks. But you've always got the kids that get carsick at the front of the bus, don't you? You do, but also at the same time, you explain to them when you are travelling, don't look straight at the side of the road, don't look straight in front of the bus, look way out in the distance. And I always can to carry, or carry a can of medic or eucalyptus spray on board the bus, mainly medic because it doesn't upset the asthmatics. And if someone does become sick on the bus, that's the first thing I spray and that try and overwhelms the actual smell. And then you just try and clean it up as quick as you can. But also I find it's a lot on how the kids react and how the drive is actually, if you take it nice and smooth, you're not throwing them around, the kids do. Like the ones that do say, oh, I get car sickness and all that, I never have them sick on my bus. Bill, you have got it totally worked out. There's nothing worse than the smell of vomit and then some kind of eucalypts or deodorant spray. And there's always one kid that gets off the bus that's like green. <laughs> you know the one was. Not the place I thought we'd end up on this conversation today, Rochelle, but all the memories, the full breadth of memories coming back today. And it is an important part of the conversation, isn't it? So is your kid's school camp under threat? Uh, are you worried about that? Should we be working on a better system? On ABC Radio, Melbourne and Victoria. This is the Conversation Hour. Rochelle Hunt here with you in Melbourne, Warwick Long, joining you from ABC Shepparton. The future of school camps, are they under threat? Many schools, it seems, was are finding their own way around this, finding ways to deal with time in lieu or being off duty, yet still being on camp. Meredith Peace is the Victorian branch president for the Australian Education Union. Union. Meredith, were schools and principals, did they have enough consultation here on how to ensure that camps stay on the agenda and that teachers can get paid? Well, we, we've obviously negotiated a, an agreement last year with the government uh, covering the uh, salaries and conditions of principals, teachers and support staff in public schools and uh, the issues you've been discussing this morning uh, we're part of that. Um, you know, as a union, we represent tens of thousands of uh, employees in public schools, and we obviously talk regularly to our members. And, uh, you know, time in lieu for activities, including camps, outside of their normal working hours, were one of the key issues that uh, our members raised and wanted uh, addressed in the outcomes in that new agreement last year. And that's where the time in lieu. Uh, for what we describe as structured school activities has uh, come about. So did you think when you negotiated that deal, did you think there would be 
more funding either from the government or a better plan from the Department of Education to deal with this change? Well, it's our job to obviously uh, win the best conditions that we can for our members and address the critical issues that impact on them in their working lives. And uh, workload has been one of those really critical issues. And we can see that playing out in other ways at the moment in terms of uh, the teacher shortage. Uh, and that's one of the key issues that are that are that is really driving people out of our profession. Mm. So it was an important issue for us to address. In any agreement, it's the government's responsibility as the employer to make sure that what they agree to in those processes uh, are appropriately funded in the way uh, they see fit. They made a decision uh, that schools needed to deal with time in lieu uh, with the funds that the department and the government provide to public schools. Uh, and as you've clearly heard this morning, it's creating uh, significant pressure for many schools uh, because, of course, the funding is inadequate. So, yeah, did you think it would get this messy when you got the deal done when you th- that you negotiated with government? Uh, we we knew it would be a challenge for schools, but I think, you know, this this is a symptom of a broader issue. And I'm I'm you know I had an opportunity to listen to a few of your callers. You know, I'm really pleased to hear that particularly parents are upset that you know some of the programs which are so valuable and vital for our kids education including school camps uh, you know are being put under pressure and and this arises because our public schools uh, in Victoria and in Australia more broadly are not funded properly or fairly by our state and federal governments so you know this this has become a real really big issue school camps but it's actually a symptom of a broader problem we've had teachers that our schools aren't funded properly we've had teachers today say they feel like guinea pigs at the moment and many of them are trying to navigate their own solutions here what i can't get my head around meredith is the idea of being on school camp but being off duty so i was chatting with a mum the other week whose husband is a school teacher was on school camp but it was his night off on school camp and i don't know how you can be on school camp as a teacher and have a night off and not be working that just doesn't seem to make sense to me no, and it doesn't make sense to us either. Uh, and, you know, our view is when you're required at work and that's exactly what you are required to do when you're going on a camp, you're on duty in our view uh, the majority of the time. There are periods where, uh, you know, the agreement describes people being on call so you're not actually directly doing uh, a duty associated with the students. Uh, but you are on call because we carry a duty of care to the kids and parents quite rightfully would expect and should expect that at all times when their children are on camp, they are appropriately supervised and looked after and that's exactly what our schools do. Uh, We don't support the notion of off-duty that the Department of Education has come up with and, in fact, we have lodged a dispute with the Fair Work Commission about this very issue yeah. Uh, which is going through the processes at the moment. It just starts to make sense now as to why schools are coming up with their own solutions. Meredith, thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it. No problems at all. Thanks. Meredith Peace, Victorian Branch Manager of the Australian Education Union. This text morning, Rishan, was, I'm a parent that's going on our local school grade five and six camp, both as a parent helper and as a bus driver to help cut costs for the school. It does take a village to raise children and this is one way I can help. It's from Sean. 
Another one here, time in lieu is so overdue for our teachers, but with no funding to implement it, so much more is at risk than just camps. Any event outside of school hours is now at risk. Maths and other fun educational nights, school fates, trivia night fundraisers, mothers' and fathers' days breakfasts, morning teas, school discos, etc. Sure, some of these events aren't crucial to a student's education, but they go towards the spirit of the school community. I've seen that myself this year. Our school uh, fate got moved earlier this year and I couldn't get there in time, Rich. Well, was it wasn't after work because everything had to be moved closer to within school hours. And then the amount of schools that are sending messages through saying that their school camps have been cancelled. This is my son's school camp cancelled this year. Instead, they've got two adventure days, including a full day at a nearby camp and a half day at a trampoline centre. He was so sad to miss out on his overnight camping, but he loved some of the experience and the fun of the activities. The other part to this was is that it does come at a cost to parents and it might be a minimal amount to go on that camp or it might be just sometimes the stuff that you need to take on camp as well. Therese Edwards is the CEO of the National Council of Single Mothers and Their Children. Therese, is this putting a lot of pressure on families and in particular single-income families? Absolutely. And I was listening to the discussion and I think everyone agrees that those experiences are really important and particularly mingling and mixing with your peers and having fun. And so what we're finding um, where there is financial distress and sadly that happens too consistently and too entrenched in single mother households is the children then, despite the greatest will of mothers they can't quarantine their children depending upon their age for them to know that they're poor and so some of the children start to self-regulate and will do things like not bring home the school um, uniform the school notes for for camps or for any other costly yeah yeah, they hide, they absolutely hide them and they pretend. They pretend that they don't want to do these activities or pretend that they're not interested in um, sport or even pretend that they don't want to have their mates over for, you know, a couple of, of little ones coming over for a sleepover for a birthday. They pretend because they don't want to they don't want to be the cause for any more financial distress or sadness the idea then that some of these camps are being cancelled and simpler measures are being put into place i mean lots of people are disappointed by that but could it be a benefit for some families um i I don't know if it would be a benefit because they are. I think the dis- disappointment reflects how critical they are, and school is meant to be one of our levelers. So you know that once you start in into that system, irrespective of what background you come from, the premise of a public education was meant to be one of those levelers and providing those opportunities. So I, I would suggest that um, it would be a greater outcome if there were the funds available and 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 not I'm not talking about anything outrageously but you know that overnight experience away from mum um, and with their mates would be a terrific outcome mm. maybe a break for for mum too as long as the the funds were there <laughs> to support them yeah Absolutely, absolutely. So what we've got in Australia, and it's been policy-induced um, hardship, but we've, you know, child 
poverty is tracking in such a disastrous way. So what we know in, in, in single mother families and most of single parent families are headed up by a mum, we know that 42% of kids have their childhood either robbed or reduced because of, uh, of that financial distress. And the part of the thing I was thinking about as well is that for a lot of children, school camps are probably the only holiday that they're going to have and to have that experience. Therese, thanks so much for your time. Therese Edwards is the CEO of the National Council of Single Mothers and Their Children. This text from Libby was, she's in Preston, it says, Rochelle and Warwick, we have a 13-year-old and a 16-year-old who missed out on school camps during lockdown. My 13-year-old's camp has been cancelled this year, so just one of the many. Huge disappointment. The kids learn so much from these camps, especially when they're exposed to camping and the outdoors. Our children need more more exposure to nature and camps are a great way. And that's the thing, as Libby said, so many school camps were cancelled for years because of lockdown and now they're being cancelled for a raft of different reasons. Let's go to the phones, 1300 774. Heath is calling from Mount Beauty. Oh, there's been many a school camp go in that direction. Hi, Heath. <laughs> hey, good morning, guys. How are you going? Yeah. Um, what did you want to I- say? I just wanted to have a, a, a chat about funding, I, I guess, partly in schools. Um, I've been a teacher for nearly 20 years up here, and the one thing I love more than anything is creating memories for students. And that just about entirely, of, of any memory of school we all think of is, is the camps and excursions that we go on. And the time in lieu i guess one way of getting around that for some schools has been to just up the charge of camps to be able to cover those relief teachers that are required for the time in lieu and that um puts a a a lot of strain on a a lot of families and and they can't afford to go and that's just so devastating and disappointing and therefore the camps get cancelled and i guess as a parent to me and clearly I value the camps so much that I really want my kids to have camps and I will absolutely consider whether my child should continue going to a government school if they're not going to be able to offer camps. Wow. Um, and that's because I'm, I'm a, you know, a, a parent that can afford to pay for my... Lots of people, Heath, camps. have said this is, you know, we really need to discuss that the difference and the advantages or disadvantages between private and public. There's been a, a raft of texts saying a similar thing. Yeah, exactly. And the same thing happened a couple of years ago with, you know, again, the best of intentions in public schools about eliminating schools being able to charge um, school fees in public schools um, and really make sure that they're a voluntary fee. Um and what has that resulted in? That's resulted in schools that are now more under-resourced, which again drives those parents that, that can afford it to look at, do I want my child at an under-resourced school where those school fees were so vital to, again, going private? It's a really tricky scenario. Um, yeah. 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 Good to hear from you, Heath. Thanks so much. In this conversation was... Mm. We've mentioned so many different places, right, where people have fond memories or dodgy memories <laughs> of school camps that they've been on. Strong memories strong, is probably the catch-all term, right? Strong yes. memories. So these are the livelihoods. These are businesses for people yeah. and they rely on this. And you wonder when cancellations are happening, are they happening across multiple schools? Are they happening last minute? You know, how much 
deposits. And we've heard every school's doing something differently, yes. right? So all these people are texting saying these camps aren't going ahead this year. Other schools are saying we're dropping a day. So we don't have to do so much time in loose. So instead of a four-day camp, it's now a three-day camp. Three-day camps are now two. You might go overnight now in grade three and four somewhere. Um, I wonder what that means to those businesses then if you're losing either days of people being at your business or also you're losing the camps entirely. Anthony Hall is the owner of Hall's Outdoor Education and a former board member of Outdoors Victoria. Anthony, what sort of impact are these cancellations that are happening all across Victoria, it seems? What sort of impact are they having on a business like yours? Uh, good morning. Good morning to all. Um, they, they are having significant impact uh, across businesses. Again, um I meet fairly regularly with the other business owners. We also have the Australian Camps Association who who put out surveys. Uh, As as a ballpark, we're probably uh, looking at a 20% decrease uh, of of probably income across numbers of camps that are uh, cancelling or or at least postponing until they've got... Mm. Uh, further information, because uh, I, I believe the fourth of May is when Fair Work looks at the new new teacher um, time in lieu issue again, um, and so some schools are postponing and just waiting to see what the outcomes are going to be. Twenty percent after COVID, where I'd imagine not many school camps went ahead. Can many businesses take a loss like that? Okay, good good point. Now, now, now let's give one to the, the current Victorian government. They they introduced uh, in 2022 a, a positive start program, and they provided uh, 80,000 or 88, I think they got 2,000 positions to students to go on camp for free. Um, there was a, a large funding. Uh, somewhere up to about $84 million, which I don't think they've fully quite spent, but they, they did get their 88000 I believe, to out to camps. That was last year. And, and all credit to them that they, they saw that there was value uh, in this particular area uh, for students who'd been locked up for a couple of years. So, so last year for businesses uh, was, was a really good year. Um, to to then come off that, it, it, the the brakes have been hit pretty hard. Do you see or feel the stress or the tension? You know, if it's time in lieu or teachers having a night off, even though they're on school camp, do you hear the conversations? Are you sensing a vibe that is changing? Um, yes. Now we we join in the conversations. Now, um, a lot of the the, the conversation we would have now is in what we would term hard top accommodation, um, which where you have bunk rooms, etc. You're you're away for a period of time. Um, the 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 greater stress, which hasn't been spoken of that much, is what we term journey based uh, outdoor education. So when you're in a tent and you're out hiking for for five days or whatever. Um, that that is getting harder. I, I think teachers and and mm. and our students have felt um, uh, anxious after coming out of COVID, and so um, being away from home 
is is a bit more stressful than what yeah. it had been. Absolutely. So. I know with my daughter's school, two years and then school camp, and some of the kids actually hadn't ever had a sleepover, you know, and then all of a sudden their first sleepover was away from home and at school camp. Anthony, thanks so much for your insights. We wish you all the best. Anthony Hall is the owner of Hall uh, Hall's Outdoor Education. This text was, my sister, 14-year-old twins, their school camp was recently, it was $350 for one night at camp, less than 20 k's away. They couldn't go. There was no way that my sister could afford that for two children. It's one of those things that you could watch and see the amount of parents paying school fees and so forth in public schools. It'd be interesting to see the data on that because we are in tight economic times as well. Uh, and that is obviously a major part of a conversation that we should consider when we're talking about things like this. Let's fit in some callers before the end of this uh, this hour, this conversation hour. Joe's in Macedon. Hi, Joe. Hello. How are you? What did you want to say? Um, I just thought it's so lovely to hear all the dedicated teachers that have called in and all the people who just love camp. But my um, really positive take from this story is that eventually teachers are being paid properly for the work they're doing or acknowledged for the work they're doing. Because I don't know many other workplaces that ask people to take a week out of their lives and go away with no time in lieu or no um, extra pay or allowances. So I think it's just... They're being acknowledged though, Joe. but from what I can gather today, I feel like maybe it's not a workable system. Well, I think it needs to be because if you were sent for a conference for a week, I'm sure you'd get a travel allowance and probably... Or oh, not every business operates like that, uh, to, in, well, in if, fairness, I think most. I think most government businesses do. Mm. Yeah, and I think so they do. It's interesting think, to talk about this though, but, but in terms of how we are speaking about this today. You like the fact that people are talking about valuing teachers' time properly and making sure they're getting paid properly. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I know camps are amazing and it's devastating if this action means that um, camps don't can't happen, but I think that's really poor. I think they need to be funded properly so kids can experience these amazing um, adventures and memories, as people said, but also so teachers can be paid properly. Like taking a week out of your life to go on school camp is a big intervention. Um, like I know when that happens for we're a teaching family and when that happens, we have to hire nannies to pick up kids and take kids to yeah, um, sports. And so this is like I'm not there to pick up my kids anymore. I'm not there to pick them up from their after-school sports. So we have to hire people to do that. But we're also expected to go on camp and be responsible for kids' food, their welfare, their medications. And um, there's no, in the past, it's just been that something we've done out of our goodwill. And because we care about students and we know how positive this experience is. But it is a huge um, ask for teachers to do this. Yeah, good on you, Joe. Thank you so much. I know as I was sending my daughter off to school camp, I actually gave the teacher a bit of a hug and said, I wish you all the best. Go well. <laughs> Go well. May the force be with you as the parents <laughs> skip off, you know. La-di-da, we, we've got a couple of nights free now. We knew this would be an emotional conversation for lots of different reasons because there's nostalgia involved in this for us ourselves was. The negotiations, they started at the beginning of this year, but gauging from the amount of school camps that we're seeing that are coming in that are being cancelled, I'm not sure the negotiations are working. 
And thank you to all of you out there because the amount of people sharing the difficulties in costs and, and dollar figures coming in the text line, people sharing the amount of leave that they get uh, on the text line, really personal stuff actually coming through today as part of this discussion. It's a hard one when we're talking about something that really affects us all. Everyone's gone through school to some level, haven't they? And uh, a lot of people, uh, parents or part of sort of family groups that are that are experiencing school at different stages of life. And this, this raises a lot of question about their future And we're at a time of experimentation by the sound of it. So it's a tough one, Rish. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. Take care and we'll speak to you soon.